Thank you for tuning in to the My Favorite Girl Caregiver's Corner podcast, bringing inspiration, education, resources, hope, and strength to caregivers so you can keep going, keep pushing, keep loving, and by all means, keep caring. I am your host, Priscilla Jean-Louis. All right, we're back for our fifth episode of season one of the My Favorite Girls Caregivers Corner podcast, where we bring inspiration, education, resources, hope, and strength to caregivers so you can keep going, keep pushing, keep loving, and by all means, keep caring. So I get a lot of phone calls and social media messages from persons who are seeking help and resources and caring for their loved ones. So What I decided to do is to invite persons on, um, talk about their companies and different uh, agencies that they work with in order to have the conversation to provide these additional resources to uh, everyone. So anybody that listens to the podcast or goes to my website can take advantage of the information, find out the information that you can uh, have to help you as you are on your caregiving journey. Hopefully this information will make the caregiving journey easier for you and for your loved ones. And so this week I want to welcome on Katie Farrenbrook, who is the project manager for the Alzheimer's Association, the Central and North Florida chapters. And today we're going to be talking about the Essentials training certification an exchange program that is offered through the Alzheimer's Association. So Katie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Priscilla. So happy to join you today in this really important work that you're doing. Awesome. And so before we get into this conversation and talk about the program, I want to take a moment just for you to introduce yourself to the listeners, let them know who you are, what it is you do and all of that. Perfect. So as she mentioned, my name is Katie Farrenbrook. Um, I am a program manager with the Alzheimer's Association. I've been with the association coming up on eight years, but I did spend about six years with the Colorado chapter of the Alzheimer's Association and have been with the Central and North Florida chapter um, for almost two years now. Um, If you're not familiar with what the Alzheimer's Association does, we are a nonprofit organization that offers a robust group of services to family caregivers and people living with dementia at no charge. We're also the largest nonprofit funder of Alzheimer's research in the world. Uh, That's a big part of who we are. So we're at heart a scientific organization, but at the community level, we provide that support. So you guys are doing here, and we'd love to work alongside these wonderful community organizations to provide people needed resources. You mentioned this is a long journey for people. It's a tough journey. You don't have to do it alone. And we're here to be a partner with people just like you are, Priscilla. Thank you so very much for the work that you do too. I connected with the Alzheimer's Association about uh, actually going on four years ago. I started walking with the Tallahassee, walked to end Alzheimer's, joined the committee and am working on the committee and doing everything I can to help educate and bring resources and what have you. So I I concur, there's a a vast majority, I mean, vast, uh, a whole lot of information out there for people who are searching for help uh, as they care for their loved ones. So 
Alzheimer's Association. I always refer you all out because I love the information that you all provide, um, wealth of information out there. So by all means, go out there and get it. So today we're going to talk about the training that you all offer, the Essentials Training Certification and Exchange Program that the Alzheimer's Association is offering. So uh, what exactly is this program? Okay, so I'm gonna back up just a little bit because I always like to be really clear when people um, are learning new information. So we informally refer to this as essentials because we need the catchphrase, right? But what this program um, is made up of is a online person-centered dementia care training program and a certification exam. The exam itself is the essentials certification exam. Okay. We refer to the whole thing as essentials just for ease. So in Florida, we have been amazingly blessed by the Department of Elder Affairs so that we're able to offer this training and certification exam at no charge to direct care workers in Florida. So what that means is direct care workers, think long-term care workers, assisted living, memory care, home health, you know, adult day program, those people that are providing that day-to-day -day direct care for people living with dementia in a professional role. We're able to provide them this three-hour training and the certification exam at no charge. Um, so we're on a mission to spread the word. That's why I'm here today. We want family caregivers to join us in the promotion of this out to, we know we can't reach everybody that we need to reach. So we're looking for those partners to help us spread the word that we have this amazing opportunity. This is normally a fee for service training. And so it is no charge right now. Thank you to the Department of Elder Affairs. Thank you. We, we want people to take advantage of this opportunity to become certified in essentials. Um, and the, the training is three hours, but it is online and it is self-paced. So people don't have to sit down and do three hours at one time. If they've got a 30 minute lunch break, they can do 30 minutes. If they've got a 15 minute break sometime later, they can do 15 minutes at a time. So you can build up to that three hours total. Once you complete that, then you're able to take that certification exam. And that certification, once you pass it, is actually good for two years. So this is pretty a pretty amazing program developed by the Alzheimer's Association. The training is based on our dementia care practice recommendations that we kind of put out to the, the, the general population as a whole that, hey, these are the things that we think are important when we're looking at dementia care. This entire training program is based off of those recommendations and it is an evidence-based program. Okay. So it has been vetted to make sure that we're actually teaching you what we think we're teaching you. Okay. Okay. And, and I did see where at one point there was a fee, like you said. So taking that fee away, thank you. Thank you, Elder Affairs. Um, but taking that fee away, making it free, and this is for you know all of these direct care workers. So this is something definitely worth taking advantage of. 
and it's, you know, like you said, it's three hours. Now, how long do you have to be able to complete those three hours? So the way that we've set up this program in Florida is we took the, the parts of the training that were already existing throughout the country, right? The, the, the dementia care training and the essentials exam. And we kind of added to it just a little bit for our Florida workers. So we've got the three hour training. We offer people a full month to get that three hour training done. Um, so it's not something they have to do in one or two days. We start people, we start groups of people at the first of each month. So we've got a group starting tomorrow. And Priscilla, that's where you're going to come in, our July 1st start group. So they'll have the whole month of July to get that three-hour training complete and take their certification exam. The thing that we added to that and has been a real eye-opening positive experience for people is we have added in what we call the exchange. And the exchange is at heart a support group for professional caregivers. Okay, many of your caregivers are probably sitting in a caregiving support group for family caregivers, and it is a lifeline for them oftentimes. We are trying to do the same type of thing for professional caregivers who we know have been in a position, particularly over this past year as we went through COVID, they have seen some rough stuff this yes. past year, and yes. they have struggled right along with families and people living with dementia. And so we offer this exchange, which is a time for the people that are taking the training, let's say for example, in July, they will have two options to attend an exchange group where it will be with other people also taking the training in July. So they can kind of just talk through real life work experiences, maybe help each other brainstorm some strategies. How could we have done this differently? What were we missing? What has someone else tried? Um, so it's just this nice exchange of information. Um, so we've kind of packaged that all together in our grant with Department of Elder Affairs to kind of add that as a supplement to the training and the certification. Okay. And so they'll have one month. And I think that's awesome too, because of the fact that we really have focused so much on the uh, elders that have been, especially during COVID, those who were isolated and not able to see family members and what have you. And we focused around the caregiver and the actual person who needs to care, but very little that I've heard of anyway, um, was focused on those who were actually providing the care. And, you know, um, some of them, you know, and, and truth of the matter is sometimes the assisted living facilities, these different uh, community-based um, uh, uh, homes and nursing homes, they do get a bad rep. And some of them rightfully so, but then there are some who really are doing what they need to be doing. And COVID was hard for them as well. And so I do think that that exchange part is a wonderful part to add into that as well, because you know, that support is very necessary, whether it's for the caregiver, whether they're at home caring or have someone coming in, or if they're in that setting and they're giving care, that was a very hard time for all of us. So I think that that exchange is definitely something um, worth having in there. And, and definitely I am looking forward to taking part in the training uh, and even with uh, the exchange. So Great, 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 great. I wanted now, to add too, if you don't mind, just for a quick second, I wanted to acknowledge that, you know, 
at the Alzheimer's Association, we kind of put ourselves in an interesting position because we work heavily with family caregivers. It's a large part of what we do. And here we find ourselves also working with the long-term care industry, which we've always had great partnerships with, but now we're in a position where we're offering this training and we're encouraging this training. And so we find ourselves in this interesting mix where we hear from families saying, there's no reason a professional caregiver shouldn't have training. They should absolutely be trained in how to care for someone with dementia, no questions asked, which we agree with. But then we also have the long-term care industry in being in a place where we can respect the fact that there are some barriers to training their staff. When we look at, you know, staff numbers, we look at retention and we look at cost for training. There's a lot of factors that come in to why organizations do or do not train right. their staff. Yeah. And so I also wanted to acknowledge that we're working with those organizations to say, tell me what the barriers are and let's find a workaround. If it's, yes. you know, the staff don't have time. Okay. How can we make this, you know, just like I said, we can break down the modules into 30 minute increments. Can we have people come in during their lunch hour? Can you offer them a space to come in, sit down at a computer, do 30 minutes at a time? So anyway, just wanted to say, we want to work with providers. We can acknowledge that there are some barriers, but we also want to say this is important and it needs to happen. Let us help you figure out a way to make it happen. Yes, because I am one who, um, you know, I think that that training is most necessary. Uh, just having a mom and a grandmother that I care for on a personal level, I have people that come in who uh, work for me, who assist with them. But I think that the training is very essential, very needed, simply because, you know, the behaviors, if you're not used to, or you don't know what you're looking at, you know, the 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 care that you give may not be top notch, like it could be when you have this particular training to help you to identify the different behaviors, help you to identify the different stages and you knowing how to respond uh, in those particular situations. So I think that that is absolutely essential and absolutely necessary, which then takes me to my next question, um, because this program is centered around the person-centered care. So what exactly is person-centered care and why is person-centered care necessary? So person-centered care is not a new thought process, right? It's been around a long time. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, person-centered care gets a little lost sometimes in the day-to-day -day shuffle of organizational structure, right? Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of people to care for. We may not have as much staff as we want. And so things just get done when they can get done. Person-centered care really in its simplest form is that Katie is cared for in the way Katie wants to be cared for. So what are Katie's preferences? How did Katie live her life? Learn as much as you can about Katie so that when we provide care to her, we're not inadvertently caring for her in a way that she doesn't find palatable, right? And we know that this can't be done in every nuance and every circumstance, every minute of every day. 
but what person-centered care is looking for is kind of opening people's thoughts to, hey, as a person not living with dementia, I like things done a certain way. Right. And I can get a little cranky if my routine is messed up. So add dementia into the mix and you're messing with my routine or you're doing something that I just really dislike. You add those communication changes in there and all of a sudden we just created a recipe for disaster. Yep. So really taking that time to learn as much as you can from the family, paying attention to the person living with dementia having conversations with that person living with dementia, you know, depending where they're at in the disease process, they're a wealth of information, Mm -hmm. asking questions in the right way. There's all kinds of techniques out there where we can really get lots of good information from people and about people, you know, is even something as simple as showering, right? If you've got someone coming into your, you know, assisted living community and you've got a shower schedule, and I'm on your shower schedule for 6 p.m. But guess what? Katie doesn't like to take a shower at night. Mm-hmm. Katie has never taken a shower at night. Katie likes to take a shower in the morning because it helps her wake up, helps her be ready for the day. She likes to put on her earrings and her necklace. Got to make sure she's got her glasses. She likes to do that all in the morning. You just inadvertently really messed up my routine. And it wasn't because you're not providing good care. You're doing a great job when I'm taking a shower. You're just showering me at the wrong time, which throws my whole day off. And so that person-centered care really just means learn about the person and care for them in the way they want to be cared for with the things that are important to them. If it's important for me to have my hair done every day and have makeup on every day, how do we make that happen? Because that's a big part of who I am and my self-esteem, and I want to present myself a certain way to the world. Other people may not care two cents about that. So just looking for those ways that we can create an environment for people that feels comfortable and Mm -hmm. honors the person that they are. Yep. And basically just getting to know that individual for who they are. And I think what happens a lot of times is, especially for people with dementia and, you know, them not understanding or, you know, because of the fact that they can't uh, speak for themselves in a lot of ways, you know, and, and a lot of times they get treated as if they're not human. They get treated as if, you know, this is just what you have to do. And that's one of the things that I totally dislike, you know, even when it comes down to care and not just care, but family and different ones who feel like, well, they're not going to know anyway. So why do this? or why do that? And the fact of the matter is they are still human. They still have desires. They still have things that they like. They just can't articulate it the way that we can. You know, you talk about the, the showering. My grandmother doesn't like baths. She takes showers. That's her thing. She likes to take a shower. We tried the bath thing initially when she first came and it just, she didn't like the the shower. I mean, the, the bath, I'm sorry. And so that being known, she only gets in the shower because the baths are just, that's not her thing. My mom, on the other hand, she only likes baths. And so if you put her in the shower, that's not going to work. She's running away from water. She, you know, and so, but she's more comfortable taking a bath, but 
if you don't know that, like you said, you know, that's a part of knowing, learning and having that desire to know what are they like? What are they not like? You know, if she were in a facility, that's important information to know for them. I mean, because yeah, there's a schedule. And I know that's one of the things, even in working with the advocacy side of the Alzheimer's Association, you know, one of the bills that we had that went up, you know, before the legislature this year was in regards to that training, because it is absolutely necessary. You have persons who go in now who, and I'm not taking away from, you know, anybody, anything, but a lot of the CNAs that are being hired they're not getting this in-depth training to deal with this population of people. And so, you know, when Mr. Johnny doesn't want to do what I said, do when I wanted him to do it, you know, then you have a different thing going on. Or if, you know, I take my mom, if Miss Vera starts fighting, you know, you don't know how to de-escalate. And so that's why these trainings are very, very important. You yeah, know, so, I would add to in there. I just always tell people if it was important to me before dementia, it's important to me with dementia. And so you can't drop that the pieces that really define who I am as a person. We have to find ways to work those in to my everyday activities. Yes, we may have to modify those things. I may not, for example, if I cook dinner for my family every single night and I loved it, and that's how I show love with cooking. Maybe it's not safe for me to use a stove anymore because I forget that I turned it on or I get something going on the stove and it has caught fire. But there are plenty of things in that kitchen that I can safely do with someone else that make me feel like I'm contributing to the preparation of that meal. So find those things. What made Katie who Katie was before dementia? And let's move those in. You know, and also, I also often hear people say, we've got this behavior problem, right? This person's having this behavior problem. They're acting terrible. Katie, we need you to come in and teach us about how we handle behavior problems. And 100% of the time, I'm going to tell people, you don't need me to tell you how to handle behavior problems. What you need is for me to educate you about this disease. Because mm -hmm. you understand the disease process that someone is going through, you start to see the symptoms of that disease in a different light. You start to see behavior as communication. So what is Katie communicating me, to me today? Because she's lost the use of a lot of her words mm -hmm. telling me something. How do I figure that out? And that all starts with disease education. And people will find that in this training, this essentials training that we're offering, the very first module is understanding Alzheimer's and dementia. It walks you through the disease. Okay. So that is going to be the foundation of people understanding whether you're a family caregiver, whether you're a person living with the disease that just got a diagnosis, or whether you're a professional care worker, the foundation is the same. We have to understand the disease process so that we know what we're working with and then we can build from there. Yes. Yes, absolutely agree. And so, you know, if you're out there, your direct service, direct care giver, I highly recommend that you take advantage of this opportunity. It's absolutely free for you to take advantage of it. You can contact Katie. 
Her direct number is 850-696-0814. Give her a call. Um, find out how you can sign up. I'll also, and I have shared this information on my social media page, and that is my favorite girl in Alzheimer's. I'm going to share it out again, but contact her 850-696-0814. Or you can email her at K-A-F-A-H-R-E-N-B-R-U-C-H at A-L-Z dot org. Uh, another number you can reach her at is 850-462-5410. Reach out to her, find out more information. If you are an owner of an organization and you want to get your uh, direct care workers into this, go ahead, contact her, get them signed up and take advantage of this free resource. All right. Can't say it, can't emphasize it enough. Uh, this is an, an amazing opportunity and at no cost to you. So Katie, I also want to look at, I was reading in the uh, quality, the guide to quality care for the prospective people living with dementia. And there are a few things that I read in there that stuck out to me. And these were people who themselves had dementia. And so, you know, they talked with them just to find out from them what this looked like. This person-centered care looks like. And so one person said, uh, spend time with me and inquire and discuss my past experiences, activities, likes, and dislikes, my goals, feelings, and desires. And another person commented and said, listen and speak to me, the person living with dementia. If they're in those earlier stages of dementia, you know, a lot of times people think that the diagnosis is almost, you know, a death sentence. And it's not. As I stated on my previous podcast, you still have a whole lot of life to live. You know, you may have to live it differently, but there's a whole lot of life to live. And those of us that are caring for them, those persons who are working directly with them, it's very important that you do take the time to listen to them and to speak to them and not just think, oh, you know, they don't know what they're talking about or, you know, they're not going to remember. Yeah. You know, there, as you said before, there's some key things that they can tell you that can assist you with making sure that their quality life is just that, that is quality. That's exactly right. You know, I always tell people after a diagnosis too, you know, that it's not the end of the game. It's just a different game. We've got different rules now, but there's a lot of, just like you said, there's a lot of living left to do, and it is possible to live well with dementia, you know, and that kind of goes into, we often tell people too, to, to look for those resources well before you need them, yeah. because that allows people that opportunity to get to know you, to learn everything they can about you, really before we're in a crisis situation often as we know as caregivers you know i'm sure sometimes you get to that breaking point and you think i need something right now well what that does to people unfortunately is it often limits choice yeah right if we need something right now in crisis we have to take whatever's available um and so talking about resources and learning about resources and what that person really values and wants to see as this disease progresses, 
is going to make that transition so much easier when we planned out. Um, but it is just a, it is a different game. It's a hard game. Yeah. No one will say it's an easy game. It's yeah. an extremely difficult game, but the game to your point is not over. It is not a death sentence. It is not the end of the game. It's a different game and we've got some challenges and you know, the end of the day, you know, we don't yet have a cure for this disease. It is a fatal disease, but it's such a long disease. And that's why we say there's so much living left to do. Most people are going to have this disease for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Let's not cut it short right after diagnosis. Right. A lot to do. Yep. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing to get these resources out there so that people know what's out there, number one, and then you can go ahead and plan. A lot of us don't like to plan ahead for the the what ifs because we don't want to think about it. That's the reality of it. Nobody wants to think about having dementia or having cancer or you know something else, any other debilitating disease, but planning ahead or at least knowing what your options are. If you know somebody who is dealing with it, somebody who has dementia, somebody who has cancer, some of these other diseases, then that's your opportunity to research, to find out what's out there, what type of resources, because you never know what life is going to bring. And so, you know, you're not preparing for death per se, but at least you're prepared. You know that there's resources out there And why not educate yourself so that if it is a friend, you know, you can say, hey, I heard about this or, hey, I I read about this. Somebody else I knew had it. I did some research. So consider this. I think I'm I'm always going to believe that knowledge is power. It is educate yourself. You know, if I if I find out that somebody that's close to me or what have you has anything, I'm going to research those that are close to me. know I'm going to research I'm going to find out about it because I'm just a believer that I can serve you better when I understand how to serve you better. When I understand what you're dealing with, uh, what it looks like, then I can serve you better. I can offer my service to you even better. You know, Um, another one I read, it says one of the most compelling requests voiced by people with dementia was the hope that care providers would employ patients especially as Alzheimer's progressive and the triggers that cause behavioral and psychological symptoms of dementia may be hard to identify. You know, I mean, you got to have that patience. I tell you, if, if I've learned nothing else, being a caregiver for a loved one with dementia is patience. I've learned patience on a level that I never knew I had it. But, you know, employing that patience to understand that it's not them, it is the disease and you can't treat them like you treat the disease. They're still people. And that's exactly what this person stressed. We are people with feelings. They may have dementia, but they still have feelings. And so understanding that through the trainings that you all are providing, through the exchanges that will happen with the groups when they get together, that is very key and is very important. It absolutely is. You know, one of our training programs that we offer for family caregivers, our communication strategies class, 
one of the communication strategies in there simply says, be patient, period. Like it just is be patient and an actual period. And I always kind of joke when I get there, but I'm like, isn't that easy? Look how simple, be patient, period. That's it. Just do it. It's not easy. It's not easy, but patience will carry you a very long way. And to your point, it's so very important for people to acknowledge that this disease is causing these things to happen. This, the things that you are seeing from your loved ones are symptoms of a brain disease. And so we, as a person without dementia, we have to change how we approach, how we communicate, how we respond, because the person living with dementia is doing their absolute best. They are doing the best that they can with a brain disease. And so we have to take charge and say, okay, Katie's doing her best. Priscilla has to fill in the gaps. Priscilla's providing care to Katie. Katie's doing everything the best that she can with this brain disease. Priscilla, Priscilla has to change how she communicates to Katie. Katie can't just say, oh, you're right. That didn't come out really good today. Um, let me see if I can rephrase that and do something better for you. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. So it becomes the responsibility of the families and those professional care workers to change how they interact so that we all have a much more positive experience with each other. Yeah, because frustration, you know, I mean, you have to get your frustration under control. You know, I know for me, my mom just last night, you know, bath time. And I know you may hear this from a lot of people, but bath time is the worst time. You know, one, they don't like to get in the bath. I mean, I've figured out a different way to actually get her in there, which is great. But when she gets in there, she wants to almost lay down. Well, you know, one, she's kind of tall and that's not going to work. But even in saying you have to sit up and I watched her last night, you know, and I'm asking her to sit up and she literally has no clue what I'm meaning by sit up. And so, you know, you have to, as you said, you have to find a different approach. They just, they don't understand the brain. It's the disease of the brain that does not allow them to recollect, to recall what it is you're saying. And it may sound simple to us. And in, in your mind, the first thing you want to say is, well, you know, exactly, but no, they don't, they, they cannot comprehend that anymore. And so you got to find a different way to do that. And yeah, be patient, period. <laughs> be patient, period. And I always think about, I always try to describe it to people as putting puzzle pieces together and think about my brain with dementia, not putting the puzzle pieces together anymore. So you hand me a toothbrush and say, Katie, brush your teeth. Yeah. What does that mean? The puzzle pieces didn't go together like they would before dementia. So I need you to hand me the next puzzle piece, put the toothpaste on the toothbrush maybe brush your teeth standing next to me so I can see how you do it. And then I can model your behavior, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just, it is, it's communication is a key to a lot of things, adapting your own behavior as the person that doesn't have to catch up and then just extending that patience as much as you can. And knowing that this disease is going to create some challenges. We all know that if you're in a caregiving role, you know that better than anyone. Um, but we, we can get through them and support, and resources are the key. You've got yes. to bring in those support pieces. This is not a journey that people can travel alone. 
And that's where we see the biggest hardships, not only for the caregiver, but also for the person living with dementia. Because when people try to do this all on their own, they say, this is my job, right? This is my spouse. This is my parent. I will do anything and everything. And absolutely. But it doesn't mean you have to do it alone. It doesn't mean you can't get support to do those things. You know, if you're one that's like, I will never, you know, I will never have my loved one move into a long-term care facility. Great. Okay. That's your choice. That's your family choice. Perfect. What supports will you put in place so that when caregiving is overwhelming in your home, how are we going to support you and what resources are out there so that you can take a break? Mm -hmm. Because you're going to need it. You are. You're going to need one at least once a month. If you can't get a time or space during the day, at least once a month, I'm learning that more and more as the time progresses, especially caring for two, you know, but one thing that I, 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 one of my taglines that I use even with the My Favorite Girl uh, platform is the fact that we are a community of support. We're a community of support, you know, on this journey. We may be on different roads, but we're all on the same journey. And so that is what I am trying to build a community of support here. So people know that you're not in this by yourself. You don't have to go through this by yourself, you know, and one of the things that I often tell people and something that I try and do myself is never stop learning. Don't ever stop seeking the knowledge that you can get. It's, it's out there. You know, Alzheimer's Association has just about everything you're looking for, everything you need. It, it's a great resource. And so, you know, between alls.org, YouTube. I mean, there's a plethora of YouTube video out there from professional trainers who also have the information, but don't ever stop learning more, you know, to help you be better, even in caring, because it's going to take the patience. It's going to take the training. You know, I see a whole lot in a lot of, you know, the group that I'm in, I see a whole lot of people asking, well, how do you know the stages? What, what are the stages? What all of this information, you know, I'm like, learn it so that you can recognize what it looks like. Like you said, in the very beginning, learn the disease and then work your way out, you know, because that is definitely going to be key to your success as a caregiver. Absolutely. And I wanted to also offer people, you know, in addition to the great support that your organization's providing, make sure that people know too that we do have a 24-hour helpline. Um, So if you need support anytime, day or night, whether you're a person living with dementia, whether you're a caregiver or someone living with dementia, whether you're a professional care worker, um, you can call. A real person's going to answer the phone. You can talk through whatever you need. If you need information or you need resources, they'll send it to you. Sometimes you just need to talk. Sometimes you're having a rough day. It's overwhelming. Those people are also there at that helpline. And just really quickly, that helpline number is 1-800-272-3900, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every holiday, never take a day off. So call when you need it. Thank you so very much. And so again, uh, contact Katie to sign up for the course, 
696-0814 or 850-462-5410 or email her directly at K-A-F-A-H-R-E-N-B-R-U-C-H at A-L-Z dot org. All right, get in contact with her, get this information free of charge three hours. That's all. All you need is three hours of your day. Plus the exchange is one hour, correct? Correct. Okay. And that's done on zoom. It is. Okay. So a total of four hours, you have an entire month to do that, complete the course, take the exam and the certification is two years. You can't beat that for no charge. And so take advantage of the resources, share it. That is the one thing that I do want to ask those of you that are listening, share this information with your friends, share the podcast, share the information, the contact information uh, with them. If you know someone who is an owner of any of these facilities, workers in these facilities, share it with them, especially those of you who have loved ones and, you know, some have been extremely concerned about the lack of uh, the lack of training in some of these places. Here's an opportunity. Share this information. Uh, whether or not you go to the administrator, share it. It's free. A lot of them know it, you know. And as she said, they can't all do it all. You know, they're looking for ways to make it better in some of these facilities. So here's an opportunity they may not even know about. Um, so contact them. Let them know. Hey, I heard about this. Can your organization consider this particular training? But get it out there because it is absolutely essential for your loved ones, for those who are working uh, in this area. It's absolutely essential that you know what it is you're dealing with, uh, not just you know thinking that. Because sometimes, truth of the matter is, some of those who are dealing with dementia just because of the brain disease. You know, they can be mean, they fight. I've seen it all, you know, the fighting, all of it. You know, some of them become incontinent. And so you're going in and you're having to change beds every day, all that. What does that look like? You know, get the training so you know you're not frustrating yourself, you know, but you're making sure that you can offer the best care that you can offer. So Katie, thank you so very much. Is there anything else you'd like to leave off with in regards to the training or in regards to the Alzheimer's Association? I don't think so. I think we covered everything. I just really appreciate you. I'm glad we connected. I'm glad you called me about the essentials and signed up yourself. And we were able to offer this podcast today. Um, it's been really great. So I just appreciate you having me. Thank you. And I look forward to working with you even more in the future. Thank you for this time and this opportunity. Thank, Thank you so you. much. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the My Favorite Girl Caregivers Corner podcast. Hey, do me a favor and follow on whichever platform you're listening from so that you can receive notifications when the next episode is out. And also share it with a friend. And remember, no matter what, keep going, keep pushing, keep loving, and keep caring.